All right, Daniel chapter... Oh, let me turn this on. I'm sorry. I I know why you... Six. Read from both places. And again, we're not going to be in the book of Acts for those who came in later. I'm going to be dealing with the issue of the Christian and this uh, coronavirus vaccine. Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse number 8 and then jump over to Daniel chapter 6. This is just a springboard. Uh, if, if I'm going to read all, let me go ahead and read all the verses right now that deal directly with vaccines. Those are all the explicit verses that I have from the Word of God on the issue. I just quoted them all. I'm very good at that. Daniel chapter 3, we have some implicit ones and, and we'll get to those. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake... And said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship, that he should be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Daniel chapter 6, one verse here. Verse number 10. This is Daniel when he's... Why he ends up getting thrown in the lion's den. A decree had been signed that, that for a time frame here, you were not allowed to pray. This was Daniel's response... To that in verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we ask your blessing upon the service tonight. Lord, I pray you give the wisdom for it. Lord, direct what I say and how I say it, the spirit with which it's said. I pray you would help, Lord. Please, what we need is your wisdom and your direction, Lord. And we thank you that you are in control. So, Lord, I pray that you'd guide and direct in this. May it be help to all of us um, with decisions that we're facing right now in this life, Lord. We love you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I'm just going to read from here and several other passages and even give a few others. Uh, but for time's sake, I'm just going to go to the two obvious ones here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the story there and the story of Daniel. Uh, each was faced with a, a question of obedience to God's word, whether they were going to obey or not. And it was a simple choice morally. It really wasn't a moral dilemma that they faced. It was obvious. You were not to worship any other god. That wasn't going to take place. The right action to do was clear. The question was simply whether they had the boldness to do or not, whether they are going to bow down or not. That was the question. And same thing when it came to Daniel, when the writing was signed, that you were no longer allowed to pray to your god. Was he going to compromise or was he going to do as he do aforetime? It wasn't a moral dilemma for him. That was a question of obedience. There, there's times we're faced with, with situations where it is clear, where there's an obvious decision to make. But there's other times when it's not clear, when we do need more wisdom, when we don't have something that's, that's explicit in the Word of God to direct it. And certainly the COVID vaccine, the vaccine issue, is one of these. Many have been coming to me with questions 
over the last several months regarding it. It, it, has, it has grown more because of those that are facing the possibility of losing their job over it and wanting to know what to do and what is right. And, and, so I, and so with that pressure that's coming, I think we do need to look at this from the Bible. Um, this is one of those subject matters where there's pressure, there's opinions, there's experts everywhere on both sides on this subject, and, and to go from there. What we need to know is simply, okay, what do we have from the Bible that can guide us into that, that you can make a decision based upon that, not necessarily on peer pressure or this direction or that direction, which way to go. So I'm going to try, I'm going to try my best to be a help with this. This is not going to be about my opinion on it, and in full disclosure, uh, full disclosure, I should say, say that right, um, I have not had the vaccine, neither has any of my family have, and at the same time, but I think I'm going to try and be neutral here, I'm not against it, and you'll see why, and I'll, I, either I'm, I, as I said, I'm going to keep my opinion out of it, except from the very conclusion, I'm going to give an example, that's it, to support what we're looking at biblically in a decision I would make if I was faced with it. That will be opinion-based, but you understand when I get there and I conclude with it. So we certainly do need the Bible in this. This is not going to be, this is not going to be an, acti- an anti-vaccine message, nor is it going to be a pro. It's not. It's simply going to be, what are we dealing with? What do we see in the Bible? I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm not going either direction with this message. This will simply be to pri- try and provide good information so you can decide. Um, we have been dealing with this COVID issue. Man, it's going on almost two years now. Start of this next year, we're going to be dealing with this thing for two years. I remember when it started, I never thought it would have lasted this long. I remember when it's kicking off March and April, I thought, I cannot wait to the end of this year. I figured it would be over with and gone by then, but that's not the case. And from what I've read from, you know, obviously this is one of those issues you have to try and find decent research that's not skewed by politics, that's not, not skewed by money. And some of the best that I've found says this. It's simply going to be part of life from now on. It's not going to disappear. It's part of life, something we're going to have to deal with in and out. That It's just not going to go away. Um, and so, but anyhow, so it's been going on now for almost two years. Um, it certainly is real. At first, it was all thought to be a big hoax. It's certainly not made up. Uh, we have all probably lost those that we know, friends or family, to it. I, again, I've lost a friend even this week to it. Um, Pastor Ray Carpenter's wife, who actually my wife rode those buses to church when she was she was a, she was a little girl, and uh, but it, both of them had it. And his wife passed away from it. And a pastor friend of mine, my age in Florida, that passed away back in the height of it last November, December, as well as of course one of our a former church member, Todd Brewer, who we all knew, um, who also went to be the went to be with the Lord as a result of it. It certainly is a nasty flu. Um, and, uh, uh, and it, of course, the percentage that it actually is fatal is, is incredible, still incredibly, incredibly low. It's more than more, most flus. It has finally surpassed the Spanish flu as far as deaths go, although that's a little skewed because the population in America was much, much, much smaller then than what it is right now. But just on a pure numbers basis, not per capita, it has now surpassed the Spanish flu as far as deaths. Um, of course, I personally had it. We had a we had a, a an outbreak here in in church, which was actually as we're going to see from today, the research we had was actually very good for our church when we had that back in November. 
Um, I, I remember I had it for 14 days. I was miserable for 14 days. Everybody has different symptoms with it. Some are asymptomatic. Um, I was miserable. I, was, I would take malaria over it any day of the week. If, if I had my choice, Lord, you want malaria, you want COVID, I'm taking malaria. There's not a doubt in my mind I would take malaria over it. Um, <clears throat> and again, so the, the issue of, uh, we knew when it started there was a mass push to get vaccines on the market to try and prevent this. So companies were racing um, to get to the market to try and get these things produced. And, and about 10 months ago, the first ones were finally released. It immediately became a, it be, became a, a debate. One, I don't think our government was quite ready for. I, I don't think they quite saw the opposition that was going to be coming to it, um, which is really naive on their part because it's something that was so rushed in the day that we live in with governments being so distrusted. I'm, I, I'm surprised that they weren't ready for that, but they certainly were not ready for it. But it has become an issue, not just in our nation. The same thing is happening in nations around the world. I've always loved Australia. My son Levi was born there in Cairns, Australia. I've loved it. But to me, that is the worst nation in the world right now to live in regards to the, to the uh, COVID vaccine. I would not want to be near it right now with what they are trying to do in relation to it. Um, it makes our country look fantastic uh, compared to what's taking place there. But what is the Christian to do? Um, we're going we're gonna to answer different questions that come up about it. What I'm going to try and do here, questions that I get, um, and we're going to try and go through some of those. And this is not an easy issue, especially as I was diving into it. There's so many twists and turns. Um, there's so many different things taking place with this, different thoughts, different approaches to it. Um, and so I'm, I'm just going to try and, again, just deal with what we know and what's true about it and try and get some biblical wisdom from it to help us make decisions. Um, and what we need to make sure is this. We need to make sure that what we're standing on is based on truth and conviction, not pride. Not pride. Um, I, I remember talking with uh, a, another pastor here a little bit ago, and he was looking for a pastor to be able to come and preach, and, and uh, it, it was almost, uh, what I was hearing was surprise. He'd asked if I had had the vaccine. I did not. He needed one that did. And he said, and he said, yeah, I don't know of a strong pastor who has taken it. And, but yet he's looking one to be able to come in and preach. Um, again, there, there's almost peer pressure involved with it. We don't want to make decisions based on peer pressure, but what's right or what's not right. In other words, it's not to be based on pride. Um, it's to be based on a biblical, a biblical principle on either side of this that you can pull from, that you're willing to take a conviction and stand with. All right? Either way. Either way. Um, so, <clears throat> many have questions about it, and, of course, we look to the Bible for answers. So, I'm going to try and help those, especially those who are facing incredibly difficult situations. And those of you that are facing termination of your job right now, you certainly have my heart, my compassion, and my prayers. The majority of our church is not facing, with, facing that, but we do have those in here that are facing the termination of their job over this issue right now, and they're just not sure which way to go about it. Um, the purpose of this is in no way to tell you to get the vaccine or don't get the vaccine. That's going to be your decision, as you're going to see. That's going to be your decision, what you're going to do about it. But we do need to make sure that we're making the decision based in truth and not conjecture and not conspiracy theories and everything else. 
based on what we know to date on the coronavirus and what's taking place with it. Um, and again, we had our outbreak in last November, December. And uh, since then, we've only had a few cases, which according to the latest greatest study, which really is a fascinating study, is, is exactly what we could expect, um, that once we have the outbreak and what that's done for us as a church. Um, so let me get to some of the common questions on the vaccine. First off, let me get to some of the obvious ones that are out there. Please avoid some of these YouTube videos and everything else. Question number one, is the COVID vaccine the mark of the beast? No, it is not the mark of the beast in any way, shape, or form. It is not. Look at Revelation chapter 13. starting off really with the easy one, but there, there are those out there that are teaching this is the mark of the beast, and it is not the mark of the beast. Uh, it seems like every other year we have something new that's come up in technology or whatever that is now the mark of the beast. Revelation chapter 13, verse 11, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth and had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound and by his sword and did live." This is the context I am giving you of the mark of the beast. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man may buy or sell save he that hath the mark or the name of the beast or the number of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that understandeth and count the number of the beast for it is the number of man and his number is six hundred three score and six. The context of this is during the tribulation time. This is instituted by the beast forcing the worship of the beast. This is not what's taking place. It's not it. This is really going to happen, what we see taking place in Revelation, Revelation chapter 13. You don't spiritualize it. It's going to be clear as a bell when it hits. It's not this. You're not in danger of taking the mark of the beast if you decide for you that you're going to go ahead and get the vaccine. It's not the mark of the beast. All right? Second question. Now, this one is an issue. This is a true moral dilemma for the Christian. Does the COVID vaccines, do the COVID vaccines contain or use stem cell in development? Now, this is the question. Now, the COVID vac, no, the COVID 19 vaccines do not contain aborted fetal cells. However, the Johnson and Johnson did, in fact, use fetal cell lines. Uh, the Moderna and Pfizer did not. But Johnson & Johnson did. 
Now, what that means is this, and how they try and get around it, which was interesting to me as I studied this out, because I was not aware of this prior to today. So what they do is, instead of using active fetal cell tissues from a current abortion, they use fetal cell line. It, it basically, if I understood it right, it comes as the results of three abortions. One that took place in 1962, one that took place around 1970, and a third one that took place around 1980. And so what they have done is they've used those cells, they've frozen them, they've reproduced them just there so they can say, we no longer need another abortion to to use this in scientific research, thus hoping that those who have a moral objection, and actually it's worked to some degree. Little, many Protestant churches have put out letters to their congregants. It's fine if you, have the, if you, if, if you go with the, the stem cell line, just not current ones. Even the Catholic Church put that out for their, for their members, that they don't have a problem, provided it's come from the line. And, and, and they're... they're, they're Proof text for this I had great problems with. All right? So I, I do have problems with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The proof text in those groups of churches that say that part of it is fine is they use Joseph and his brethren. They use Joseph, how they did evil unto him, yet God was able to turn it into something good by saving the lives of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And that, here's the problem with that scenario. They've mixed it up. It's not Joseph's brothers who are distributing the food and making money off of this. That's not what's taking place here. That, that, that's a misuse of that text. It comes down to the fact of a, of a biblical premise, do we do evil that good may come? What's the answer to that question? We don't. We don't. All right? And so, and so anyhow, Pfizer and Moderna do not, it does not contain, nor did they use in the production of, uh, of their shot, um, stems to the, they did not use the fetal line or fetal tissue. Why the Johnson and Johnson did use the fetal line. Now, in some of the research I got, some of them suggested that Moderna and Pfizer did not use it in production, that's clear and that's obvious, but that they did use it when they got to a testing phase. I couldn't find out the truth. There's sites all over the place that said, yes, they did, no, they didn't. Some said just Moderna, some said not Pfizer. Um, but all agreed, they, those two did not use it in the production of it. Um, and I think, I, again, I think that is an issue that Christians do need to look at and examine when it comes to these things. Um, we certainly do not want to advocate abortion for the sake of other scientific pursuits. Um, it's the killing of a life. Um, and so, uh, any, anyhow, using Joseph for that is certainly inappropriate. It's, it, w- that is much, much different than God turning the situation around where evil was done in his sovereignty and allowing good to come from it. That's not what we're seeing take place. That's not what we're seeing take place from that. So, again, to answer that question, do the COVID vaccines contain or, or have used stem cell in develop? None of them contain it. However, the Johnson & Johnson did use the fetal cell lines for the production of theirs. All right? Um, and so that's just, again, that's information that a Christian certainly needs to know. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, the, the big question. Is it a sin if I get the vaccine, or is it a sin if I do not get the vaccine? There are Christians that argue out there that it's a sin if you don't. I think I was reading a quote from Franklin Graham that he believes it's a sin, that if, you, if a Christian doesn't get it, that he is breaking the second greatest commandment. 
Um, and so the answer to that, it certainly is not. We don't have explicit verses directing us to this. What we know then is it certainly is a medicine. To be honest, I, I, I know I was talking with someone before it, and they said, well, it's not actually a vaccine. What's funny is when I went back and looked at the CDC, the CDC recently in this past year has changed their definition of a vaccine to, from preventative to protection. So it's more of a medicine than it actually even is a, than it even is actually a vaccine, and that's in, even in their own recognition. So they knew when they produced it, the companies, that it's, it was not going to prevent a whole lot of cases. I mean, they're calling them breakthrough, but they were very much well aware, both Moderna and Pfizer, that people were going to get it. But what they were going for, what they knew they could do, was certainly lessen the symptoms and the deaths, which has in fact happened with both of them. Um, from the research, it has greatly lessened that, but we'll, we'll get into that here in just a minute. So no, it, it, it is not a sin either way. Um, and uh, and it, by the way, it is amazing how the mantra for pro-choice with what's coming down from our government right now is, is what was it, uh, my body, my choice? Wasn't that, wasn't that, isn't it amazing how much that thing switched right now and that's no longer the case? That's just pathetic. Uh, the hypocrisy that goes with that. And we weren't even dealing with your body, by the way. We were dealing with that body that your body was carrying. That's the one that we're concerned about. Um, that is not you. That's another person. That's another individual. Completely another individual. <clears throat> um, all right. So, what does the research show us concerning the vaccine? And this one is going to be concentrating on, the, the, the report I have is concentrating on Pfizer, that one. Um, and this, again, is important where you consider your sources. So much information is misused. It's skewed to one point of view of another because this is such a political issue. There's so much money that's involved. And it's, it's just things are, it, it was kind of like that, that report that came out several months ago that how the one county in Vermont, almost everybody hospitalized, had the vaccine. So everybody's going nuts. See that? It doesn't work almost. And, and it sounded great for those who were against it. Those who hadn't had it. Look at it. Look what's hap happened in this county. Almost everybody who, who's in the hospital had the vaccine. Was that true? It was true. That was, in sense, a true report. They just left off key details. Like, in that county, almost everybody was vaccinated. So, of course, the hospitalizations if those were in hospital with it, were going to be those with the vaccine. It was going to be, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily keep, remember, this thing is not, if you get it, you're, you're safe from it. That's not the case. It just lessens it. It, it, it increases the likelihood of, uh, of being symptoms not nearly as strong. It increases the likelihood of not being hospitalized. But there's plenty of people who are going to get the vaccine who are going to be hospitalized with it. And even a percentage who are going to still die, die from it. It's just going to be much less from what the current research shows. All right, because we know those who, who, who get it still get the virus. Um, however, uh, um, it is certainly less than unvaccinated and not nearly as strong as symptoms as I said. All right, so there's a, there's a study that came out just a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had a, uh, a pharmacist, and I'll get to him in a little bit, who told me this study was going to be released back in mid-August. I don't know how he knew about it ahead of time, but, a, wa but a, a pharmacist at Walgreens had said there's a study getting ready to be released. I think it was officially released on August 29th, um, and it's, it is very interesting. It was done in Israel, a study of 800,000 people. Um, 
And the study was led by researchers that, and actually every single doctor is listed on here if you want it. Um, the Maccabee uh, Research and Innovation Center, the healthcare services in Tel Aviv. They reviewed the records of patients in Israel, um, and here was their breakdown. 674,000 patients who were fully vaccinated, and 105,000 who had been infected. Those who had the vaccine and still got infected. And they're looking at these patients. <clears throat> Among the 105,000 who had been infected, 60... Oh, I'm sorry. Of the 105,000 who had been infected, I said that wrong, 63,000 were unvaccinated and 42,000 had received one uh, uh, Pfizer dose three months after recovery. By the way, the biggest knock on this study I found, because... I, I, when I was researching this, I found that if, if you post this on Facebook, Facebook puts up their disclaimer, not true. So I want to find out, is Facebook lying? What's well, not true? Facebook, there's nothing in this in the study that they cite as not true. It's really deceptive that they do that. The problem is because those question the research because it was only done on one vaccine and not three. Um, but it's, it's, that's, that's, to me, that's ludicrous to go there. It's going with one of the, the most predominant um, vaccine that's out there, the Pfizer one, and it's likely to have carried over to all of them. So that, that's a little bit, uh, um, not a little bit, that's, that's just deceitful on their part. So let me read some quotes from this thing. Um, the researcher said the study is the largest real-world observational study comparing natural immunity. Gain from infection by the coronavirus with immunity provided by the Pfizer vaccine. They looked at patient records June through August 2021 when the Delta variant was dominant. Here were their findings. They're fascinating. People who received both doses of the Pfizer vaccine in January or February 2021 were 13 times more likely to get the infection with the Delta variant than unvaccinated people who already had covid in the previous period. Know what that conclusion is? That the immune system that God gave you is working much better than the vaccines are. And it is. It is. Um, Thirteen times. It, it, it gets... Now, it's interesting you say, well, well, this is just slanted. Do you want to know the agreement? You want, this is what makes this thing a great source. Because the financial backing for this source is Pfizer. What they did was they made an agreement with Israel that if they would do this study, they'll stay out of it, but we'll provide the vaccine for free. And so they said, we'll do it. So they're coming out with results that are not pro in this case. They're very neutral. Does that make sense? Everybody follow me in on that? In other words, you can't tell that they're just skewing everything and saying, get the vaccine. That's not what they're saying. What they're saying is what their research showed was this, was that if you've had the coronavirus, that your antibodies are protecting you at a much, much better rate than those who did not get it. So let's go on. All right, they, they went over a longer period of time with infections occurring from March through February of uh, March 2020 through February 2021 with different variants. Um, fully vaccinated people in the study were six times more likely to become infected and seven times more likely to experience symptomatic disease than unvaccinated people in the study who already had COVID. The study demonstrated that natural immunity affords, this is a direct quote, um, 
demonstrated that natural immunity affords longer-lasting and stronger protection against infection, symptomatic disease, and hospitalization due to the Delta variant, compared with getting the Pfizer two-dose vaccine. Um, and, and so, again, their biggest conclusions from this study was, like I already said, that if you've had it, your body is producing antibodies that are stronger and better and, and how that, that pharmacist I mentioned, I went down to talk to him. I was getting ready to travel. I mean, Levi would go down to go talk to him about it, which one. And, and he was the one who brought that up. We were talking about it, and, and they had the Pfizer, and I really wasn't interested in that one. And he had said, and I had mentioned that I had it. He goes, well, did you have it bad? I said, I did. It's 14 days of misery. He goes, he goes, you don't need it. He goes, what you have is much better than anything these things are going to do. And he, that's when he said, he said there, there's a study coming out. He goes, you're going to see it. It's, it what, what you have already in your antibodies is, is much better. And so anyhow, it was, it was fascinating. Um, let's see. Um, let's go on. <clears throat> um, now, another issue for a Christian that we face is, all right, what about side effects? We're all hearing about side effects. So um, what about side effects and things that are happening to people as a result of, of taking this? So... Uh, again, this is one of those things that's complicated to, to nail down without getting into um, some crazy stuff. And I'll get into some of the crazy stuff near the end. But this is a big issue. This is one of the biggest holdups that I've had. It was, I think it was rushed through. I think they didn't concern a lot of the research that wasn't done on it. So what's going to happen? Um, and so this is what we know this far into it. Okay? We're, only, we're not even a year into this thing. This is what we know so far. By the way, this is pulling it from the same research study of 800,000 people. The same study of the 800,000 people. This is what they found. That there is a heart inflammation, myocarditis, that can occur. Now, it occurs, those who had the virus, 2.7 per 100,000. And what was interesting in, it only happened in men aged between 20 and 34. So they listed it as a very, very unlikely uh, side effect to take place. Now, for those who were unvaccinated and, and did get coronavirus, the rate was higher to get myocarditis. That was 11 people. It's still very low. But it was 11 people per 100,000 that ended up with this condition that had the virus. Does that make sense? 2.7 as a result of the vaccine is what their studies showed. But those who, those who still got the same condition and got it, that was 11 per 100,000. Um, another thing that was very high but not dangerous, 73%, this was the result in 73% of those who got the vaccine, was inflamed lymph, uh, lymph nodes, that that was taking place. And 73% of those who got it, you would, you would go through that. Um, and those were the two main things that were coming up. Everything else was just sporadic, nothing there to support any study or anything like that. Um, so now, so here's what we know is, is we know we have the virus. We know that the death rate is still incredibly, incredibly low from it. It is, all right? Um, and, uh, but it's, it's still something that is still killing a lot of people, comparatively speaking, to other flus. That's a reality. It's, that's still happening, even though it's low. Um, and uh, for those of you who have got it with symptoms like I do, I know this. I don't want it again. 
I, I don't want to go through that at 14. By day 8 or 9, I, I remember just praying and praying, please, I'm not kidding, just give me a 10-minute break from this. I just want 10 minutes away from this. And having day in and day out, this nonstop, 103, 104 fever, the pain going with it, the just not wanting to move, hardly being able to sleep. I, I just, you know, malaria I was done within about three days. I could treat that pain, and in three days I was feeling better. Um, and uh, um, so... They do have, and, and I think it's right. I mean, that's why the CDC changed it. I, I remember, again, I was talking with uh, one person prior. It's not necessarily a vaccine that prevents. What it does is it downplays it. It, it, it tries to lessen the severity of it is what we, is what we have taking place. Um, and their, con- their, their conclusions uh, were, now this one is why I didn't, I didn't lead off with, because that one, I don't know if there's money involved. I try and stay away if I, if I think there could be money involved. Uh, their final conclusion was, your best case scenario was, you've had it and you had the vaccine. Um, but again, Pfizer was paying for this, so I might have just threw that in for an attaboy. I, I don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it, it did discuss that. Um, all right, so let's go to the book of James. Let's go to the book of James. So again, this is not one of those. There are those here who take a stand that they don't want a vaccine. They, they, they don't believe the risk of the vaccine outweighs the risk of what it's, uh, uh, what it's protecting. And, and that's their choice. They want to make that choice. They, can, they certainly can make that choice. It's not a sinful choice. Nor is it a sinful choice for families that says, you know what? I, I think the risk of getting something from the vaccine is far less than the risk of getting this disease that it's coming from. That's, that's the choice of the individual. And again, I, I do think some of those should be researched to make sure which vaccine you're getting for which company and what took place in the production of it. Um, but in these cases where it's just not clear-cut, and many of you are facing decisions um, uh, that are career-altering, one, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is always true. You trust him with all thine heart, lean not at thine understanding, and all the ways acknowledge him, he shall direct thy paths. Um, and uh, so this, this is a case, I mean, you're coming like, if you're, you're debating going in and getting the Pfizer shot, this is not a question of sin or not. It's not. It isn't. All right? It, it, now, I will say this. Let me get, I was going to this verse later, I'm going to go to it right now. It was at Romans chapter 14 and verse 5, I believe. Um, I can't remember. I don't have to turn there. That might not be the right reference. Let's go to Romans 14. Yes, it is Romans 14, 5. I'm going to take a principle from this verse. Um, it says, one man, one man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Here's the key for this. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. That's where you need to get to. Okay, and uh, and that's that's what we're trying to do. In order to do that, you need God's wisdom. Then James one five tells us. Let me turn back there. If any of you lack wisdom, and this again context was during trials and difficult times. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. We obtain wisdom we need simply by going to God and begging Him for it. Again, this is, this, is, this is during time of trials. Many people go to all kinds of different answers to try and get wisdom. 
You know, the, the common thing to go to get wisdom today seems to be, you know, stuff that certainly isn't reliable by any means, by any stretch. And they're basing it upon some crazy information. All right? And that goes on, on both sides of this thing that I was researching. Just, just crazy stuff. I, I mean, they're, they're blaming... Well, I'm not going to, I don't want to get too much into the politics of this, but it is incredible that, that it, it, according to them, if you have the vaccine, you know, you have, you have all this protection from it and all that stuff, well, then good. You know, then why are you forcing those who are making the choice not to? I mean, it is. It's just, but anyhow, I'm not going to go there. But, you know, people go to different things to try and get wisdom today. You know, whether it's worldly philosophy, whether it's their horoscope or escapism, whatever they're going to. But we, as Christians, we need to go to God and get wisdom. We need his help. Wisdom, we know, comes from God. It does. It comes from him. Uh, there's a great verse I love. I'm going to look at two here, actually, in Proverbs 2 and also in Job, if I can find it, um, that deal with this. Is it? And let me see. Oh, I'm in the wrong book here. That's the problem. Get over to Proverbs. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. That's true. It is God that gives us wisdom. We are to go to him. We're to seek him for it. He provides it. And I love, love. I believe it's going to be in Job. Go, go back a couple books to Job. This is just a great section here in Job. Job chapter 28. Verse 12. This is a neat section. Job is speaking. He said, says, um, yeah, verse 12. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depths say, it's not in me. And the sea say, it's not in me. This, our scientists today, or second, they need to read this section. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of, of Ophir, with the uh, precious orange, or with sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it. And the exchange of it, shall not be for jewels of gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, or the price of wisdom is, is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall be valued with pure gold. Whence then cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living, and kept close, and kept close from the fowls of the air, destruction and death say, We have heard the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven, to make the weight uh, for the winds, and weigheth the waters by measure. When he hath made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then did, then did he see it, and declare it. He prepared it, yea, and searched it out. And unto man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding." It's from God. And in James 1, he tells us as this people, if any of you lack wisdom, ask. How does he give it liberally? He wants to. And abradeth not. I love that part. You know what that means? Because it's the opposite of what we do. You, you know, when your son comes to you and you think he asks you a question, oh, what? are you really asking that? Come on. God didn't do that. He didn't come, really? You could have asked me this? 
Are you kidding me? He abradeth not. That's amazing. You seek him for it. This is one of those things you need wisdom on. And yes, there are certain questions you need to settle in your mind. And decide what you're going to stand on. Because, listen to me, things are changing rapidly in this country. They are. What we're seeing take place is get more and more and more common. All right? So, uh, what I'm saying is, you derive from Scripture what you believe to stand on and you're ready to die for. All right? Again, the Bible says Romans 14, 5, already covered, let a man preserve in his own mind. James 1.19, I think, is, is, is good for this. We won't turn there for time's sake here. I need, I'm almost done. But this is definitely one of those issues, which hasn't been the case too often. We need to be swift to hear and slow to speak. Look for the right answers. Not necessarily for the answers you want to hear, but just look for the right answers. Be swift to hear, slow to speak. I think that's applicable to this. Another one, and I want to give this advice out. I am so mad at myself, I threw this stuff away. Avoid the ridiculous. We got in a huge envelope from an independent Baptist church in Arkansas. I've mentioned it one or two times. I tried to find it. I was hoping I didn't throw it. I went through my stuff today trying to find it just so I could read it to you how ludicrous this was. From an independent Baptist church in Arkansas. They have two doctors in their church. I have no idea what medical school they went to. I could guess, but I will not give the name of my thoughts. It has to do with Bugs Bunny and and several different characters like that. I'm not exaggerating, but those doctors concluded that if I worked in an office with somebody who took any of the vaccines, I, and, I, and I'm going to quote them, and I breathed the same air, or worse, I shook their hand, I would no longer be able to have children. Please, please avoid the ridiculous. Do you know there's Christians who jump onto that? Did you see this? Did you see what's going to happen? We lose all credibility. Just like you've heard the story from debutation, June or June, uh, what month? It was, it was January, February of, uh, of, of 2002. I'm in a church in, uh, uh, what town is the University of Florida in? Um, Gainesville. Gainesville, Florida. Um, the pastor had warned me before I got there. I remember I set the meeting. It was cold call. I didn't know the church at all. It was just on my list of independent fundamental Baptist churches. I call him up. And I'm trying to get the meeting. He has some typical questions like all pastors do. And he asked me what I thought of Peter Ruckman. I said, well, I disagree with a lot of his stands. Where do you disagree with him? We went over that. And, and he, was, he, was, he was fine with it. I, we dealt with the, I disagree with him on, uh, on the marriage issue and things like that. He said, well, I, he goes, I'm fine with that. He goes, well, so you know, I am to the right of Peter Ruckman. I laughed. I honestly thought he was being sarcastic. He wasn't. He wasn't. I show up at his church, and this is how we're going to do it. It was very small. That was a red flag. It was almost all family there. That's just always a red flag. It is. It was just all, only his family that was present. And so, and so he said, this is how we're going to do it. We, he doesn't have a Sunday school. He said, we're, just, we're going to combine. We're both going to preach this morning. He goes, I'm going to have you preach. He was kind. He said, take as much time as you need. And then as soon as you die, I'm going to come up and I'm going to preach. And I said, okay. So they sang their songs, and my family is sitting in this place. They're sitting there. And I head up to the pulpit, and the first odd thing that occurred was this. As I walked by him, 
he said, he said, there's a gun in the pulpit. Use it if you need it. Now, I'm from Alaska. I get it. I have a concealed regret. I just didn't expect that. It's his family that are sinning. Do you want me to shoot your uncle if he stands up? Or what do you want me to do here? And uh, so it was just, it was a red flag. It was something like, this guy's probably not right. And so I preached, and it went decent. Then he gets up to preach. And my, all, all my family, do you remember this church, Daniel? You remember, don't you? You ask my kids. He shows up with a stack of stuff. I was like, wow. And a Bible. And he set it down. And the guy was a complete nut job. I understood why only his family attend. It was the ridiculous. George W. Bush was president of the United States at the time. I had to listen to about the first 20 minutes on how he knew George W. Bush was in fact the Antichrist. And that he was setting up to make a move to Melbourne, Australia, where he would set up the world capital. That him and his dad worshipped the owl god in Sacramento, California. All his sources were all these internet articles that he was reading from. He wasn't finished yet. He went on. Nothing, no Bible ever came out of this message. None. He went on for another 10, 15 minutes to explain how we never landed on the moon. We never landed on the moon. It was a giant hoax put on the United States of America and the world. So I had to listen to that. For the, I, I'm sure he didn't have time to get to a flat earth. I have no doubt that he probably believes the earth was also flat. And then he got into, this is what really made me mad. Because up to this point, he was just touching you know, stuff he read online that he enjoyed. Yep, I'm, I'm preaching that. Yep, I'm preaching that. He forgot to actually study what he was commanded to preach, which is the Bible. But then he went against the Bible, and he actually preached on how we need to rejoice, and I'm not kidding, I'm quoting this guy, at those in hell. The Bible, the verse, of course, immediately came to mind, is God says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. No pleasure. And he hit it hard. His example he gave us Hitler. And then it goes to one, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, like, wow. I bet you your soul winning efforts are fantastic. I'll bet you where the Bible says, and some having compassion making a difference, boy, that just grips you, doesn't it? Listen, sometimes we can attract the ludicrous. All right? Look for truth. Look for truth. And stay with that. All right? With heads bowed and eyes closed. Oh, let me give this real quick look up. I, I said I would do that in conclusion. Let me give a practical point, and this is an opinion. I try to say my opinion, but this is just to demonstrate how I would put into place what I'm saying with what I know right now. You don't have to agree with this decision, and that's fine. All right, I'm going to an opinion here. All right, let's say I'm in New Guinea still, right now, as a missionary, and the country comes down and requires and requires the vaccine. I'm getting the shot. I'm not, this isn't a simple decision for me. I'm getting that shot and I'm maintaining my work in PNG. All right? That's how I would put this into use. Um, all right, heads bowed and eyes closed. <clears throat> first off, I don't think we have any first-time visitors here tonight, but let me ask this. Maybe this week you've been struggling with a whole other spiritual issue altogether and that of your salvation. Maybe something from the past couple of sermons or the past year or so, and you have been struggling with your salvation. Please, I certainly want to deal with that tonight as well. If you are here and you're struggling, thank you say, Pastor, please, yes, that's me. I have such a much greater issue that I'm dealing with right now, and that is my salvation. Would you please pray for me? Would you just put your hand up where I can pray for you? Anybody like that? I'll just slide your hand up, then put it back down. 
I see just some small children. If you put your hand up, I did miss it. All right, Christian. If there's something you need to come pray about tonight, why don't you come pray about it? Father in heaven, bless this invitation. Lord, I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, let's all stand to our feet. Turn to page 485. And if you need to come and pray, you come and pray.